in stone. Yeah, let's 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 get it. You know, uh, some of you um, and uh, thank you, Landon, for not being crazy with the sound because I would have had it way louder and gotten real trouble. And uh, you know, I, and and so I might have been watching that video because obviously there's real events in there, man, and they're tough. Like we lived through some of them and seen them and experienced them, and and might feel a little and. And maybe even brought fear, you know, like, man, the world, it's, it's a scary place, you know, sometimes. And there's a lot of things that, that, uh, that go on. And, and I, like today, we're gonna, I'm going to talk about some historical stuff. When, before I met Jesus, um, there was this terminology in the drinking world that I could drink you under the table. You may have heard it before. Ever bragging about all they consume. Today, I, I'm going to be speaking about history. I understand there's several, if not many people in this room uh, that could talk me under the table when it comes to history. I am not a student. I don't remember details. Uh, my kids come over from elementary school and teach me things because I, I don't remember uh, stuff. But uh, I do want to encourage you and challenge you. Uh, I'm, I'm going to share with you just kind of how uh, end-time predictions and theories and movements are linked to almost every historical event that has happened since Jesus disappeared. Every single one of them. There's roots in it. It is pretty wild if, if you step back and take a look at it. And so I just want to talk about this movement ideas that end up scaring a lot of people. In and again, I'll just with you. I don't, I don't, I can't speak for everything and everyone everywhere. But the scare tactic, it's not that I don't want to deal with truth and the reality of the fact that there's going to be judgment one day because there is. It is serious. And when the trumpet sounds and the sky rips, I mean, it's going to be an intense moment. But I, I don't really don't think that's the angle Jesus took was the scare tactic because it usually, it usually results in very little change in someone's life. They make a decision out of fear and not love. And they don't understand that side of it. And, and again, what I've learned is, you know, if you can be talked into uh, some decision based on fear, uh, you can be talked out of a decision based on fear and scare tactics. And so I always want to be careful with how that uh, even there is a seriousness to this. There is an intensity to all of this. Oh, man, I, that's so up here and I'm not there, you know, kind of stuff to it sometimes. But I want us to understand this. There is a judgment. Galatians. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. And that's where Jesus comes in. You know, it's our place. And, and, and so, you know, that's all a part of that. But there is going to be a judgment because God is holy and righteous and just. And as sure as there's a beginning, there's going to be an end. You know, you, you think about the beginning and the creation story, all the people who don't want to believe that, you know, whatever avenue they, they run that train of thought down. And, and uh, I, I know when I was younger and I've heard other people do it, I used to ask them why all the time. And if you great lane to run in, man. You know, or like how or why. Like, hey, we humans came from this. And like, okay, well, where... Where did that come from and why? And, and like you just keep running that. That's supposedly one of the smartest people in the world. 
disciples come from? <laughs> this ongoing train of thought of like somewhere, some, somehow there was a beginning and, and there was a designer and, and, and those kinds of things. And then same thing on the end side. You know, people want to uh, try to explain it away and whatever. And whether we're talking about Christianity or other movements, almost everyone it, like sees it. We are headed towards an end. Life is going to end. And whether you're there for that very last moment or not, our life is going to end, right? We're, we are very mortal, right? If you've lived long enough and feel the aches and pains, we know that, right? Been to enough funerals. We are very, very mortal. And so as sure as there was a beginning, there's going to be an end. And, and in Ecclesiastes 7-2, it says, It is better of mourning go to the house. This is the end of all mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. I encourage, like, we need to think about the value of life and the fact that it's temporary, because it, it changes the way we act and behave. I've, I've seen it a funerals. Man, people are open to the gospel like they've never been. I've seen it over and over again, are talking about deep issues, or because why? We're all sitting, we're it right in front of us and it's like hey man gut check i'm gonna be there one day too you know man what's my life about and and the questions start surfacing them and we get begin to to dig in so we're gonna we're gonna read through this book of revelation i want to make a few commitments to you first commitment i'm going to use scare tactics scare mongering in, in any way if you catch me doing that feel free to call me out uh, I'm not going to do that uh, just because of what I shared before. I, I just don't, uh, again, not, 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 not dealing, that's a double negative, not dealing with truth. I want to always deal with truth, and sometimes truth is pretty intense. But I, I don't personally uh, see scaring people into the kingdom of God as a very effective way of sharing the gospel, personally. Um, so I'm not going to do that. Two, I'm not going to attempt to convert anyone to the way I view the end times as we talk to them. Okay, uh, never. Um, okay, I'm not being picked up. Am I not coming through the microphone? No problem. Now I can be louder. Yes, that's good. I can change voice. Oh, this is going to be good now. I'm going to make no attempt. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no attempt to convert anybody to my viewpoints. Uh, I'll probably share them through some of it. I'm also going to share uh, the other uh, viewpoints because, as I said, there's a lot of different views that are backed up in Scripture kind of, and, and you can kind of connect dots and those kinds of things. And so uh, I'm going to do my best to stick to Scripture and, and share with you what it says. And obviously we know this book does not cover everything. Right, Some of the, the end time stuff is written throughout the Bible. It's not just all in Revelation. And some of it none of us know, right? Like the end date when Jesus is coming back. Nobody knows that. Nobody. All right? So we're not going to take dates and link them to current events or images to like what's going on to biblical images. Uh, I'm just, I'm not going to do any of that. There might be a little bit of, hey, this possibly could be happening kind of thing. But um, again, this is, this is not intended in any way to strike fear. What my hope is, is that what I believe the hope of the book is, which we're going to get to in a minute. Okay. So this is kind of Jesus's fault, you know, wink, wink. 
uh, because when he began his ministry, Mark 1, uh, 14 and 15, it says, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel, and the kingdom of God is near. And he talked more and more throughout his ministry about the end times. He did. And then the last living disciple who wrote Revelation says in the last chapter, so Revelation chapter 22, the last chapter in verse 7, it says, Behold, Jesus is saying, And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Again in verse 12, Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. And then John says at the very end, he says, He who testifies to these things says, and so he repeats what Jesus said, Surely I am coming soon. And then John unanimously agrees and says, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Right? John has, has lived this. He's toiled. He's, he's been persecuted. And he's just reached a place in his life. And I, I don't know if you feel that, brothers and sisters. The older you get, it happens. The more we long for the return of Jesus. I remember when I was younger and being afraid of that. Like, what's that going to look like? And then I wasn't married yet. And of course, then I wanted to be married before it happened. And, you know, and then the list goes on and on. And, and man, the older I get, it's like, yeah, come on. Come on, Jesus. Come on. So, through difficulty and increasing intensity, um, you know, we long for that more and more as we see uh, the crazy in the world and the world unraveling. And, and just sometimes we're like, I, I don't even think how it can get any worse. And then it gets worse. And we're like, ah, I don't see how it could get any worse. And then it gets worse sometimes. It's like, ah. And so all this just kind of comes along and, and uh, seems almost unbelievable. And then there's all these, these all, there's all kinds of people out there who are reading these books and, and, um, begin to connect the dots. You know, I don't know if you've ever had, uh, Richard and I were sharing this uh, in the part, weird number things happen in your life every once in a while, where you're like, what in the world? Like, yeah, just weird stuff sometimes. And it would be easy, okay, just want to proceed with caution right here, to jump to conclusions on something like that, right? It would be easy to, to make something there that's not really there, and it's just kind of a coincidence. And, and, and so I just... Like, I just want us to be careful with how we approach the information we have and not let it become something that it doesn't say, all right? Because I'm telling you, that has happened a lot over this book right here, a lot, <laughs> lots of people. It's still going on. Um, so a friend of mine did a little research, thankfully, and I didn't have to do it, but uh, they found over 150 public statements that were either vocalized or written down about end-time prediction dates since Jesus. 150 people have come forth and said, this is when it's going to happen. And they got one thing really right. They're all in common. They're wrong. They're wrong. They were wrong every single time. And some of them have had massive cultural and global movements behind it that have destroyed lives destroyed cultures, all kinds of stuff because of roots tied back into this, oh, it's here. It's here. Better get, better get things right. We got we to get going on this thing. It's here. And so I wanna, I'm going to share with you a few examples uh, of, of this. So uh, in 170 to 722, there was this, there was this group called the, the, and I'm probably going to say it wrong, but the, the Montanist, 
There's this guy, and I, was, I think that was his last name, and he, he had this claim that God spoke to him and basically gave him new revelation, uh, and I also want to say that. I don't think God's given out any more new revelation. I don't. I think he, he gave us his word, and we have it, and that's what we have, and it kind of explains everything we need to know. Um, and so uh, he spoke to him, and, and so um, and he had a role in all of this end time stuff, and so he was out there sharing all that, and he actually got a good number of followers, and then it abruptly came to an end in 722 because the Pope showed up, and they were trying to convert the, the monotonist group, and uh, they locked themselves in their compound and burned it to the ground while all of them inside. Not the Pope. They did it to themselves, okay? Sounds familiar, right? We lived through a David Koresh, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, so there's, there's this whole move of this guy thinking that he had it figured out. And then in the, in the, in the, around the year 1000, the first crusades, and now we get into some number stuff, right? Because Jesus said a thousand years in Revelation, so this is kind of going on. And uh, there was a monk that printed this huge declaration that this Frankish king was going to read the Bible and take back Jerusalem, right? And, and so all this big movement uh, started happening, and, and the Muslims were already like, take, they'd taken over the Middle East. They were beginning to attack in Europe. And man, we got to reclaim this. And so Pope Urban II uh, called for the crusades, and tons of people signed up, right? Tons of people because they wanted to be uh, involved in this getting Jerusalem back. That was going to be the new Jerusalem, and, and Jesus is going to come back, and there was strong evidence that this was the end times. And it led into the Crusades, and it ended up giving Christianity a really black eye. It really ended up being an ugly, ugly moment because there were a lot of things done in the name of Jesus that I don't think he would have ever, ever condoned. One out of ten survived that were a part of the Crusades, and they did terrible things, even to other Christians. Then the Reformation came, and the Reformation, like we know a lot of good stuff in it, and it's in the 1500s and 1600s, but Luther saw Pope as the Antichrist. He believed it, he preached it, he wrote about it, and some of you are like, wait a minute, isn't he? You know, and Pope saw, the Pope saw Luther as, as the beast, and so this feud began and this division and war broke out and hundreds of thousands of people have been killed and were killed. And again, it puts this, this just mark on the Reformation and a lot of good things came out of the Reformation. But, but there's this, this mark on it. And he was wrong. It wasn't, Pope Urban II wasn't the Antichrist. And then in the 1800s, the Mormons, Joseph Smith, God spoke to him directly, and, and he had all these epiphanies and, and uh, all these end-time theories, and the New Jerusalem is going to be in Missouri. I don't know if you knew that, but it is. Uh, that's where it's going to be. And, uh, and then the Seventh-day Adventist and Miller, uh, who, who started that, preached that there, there was these dates that God showed him, and, and God's coming back. And then when it didn't hit, guess what he did? He said another Oh, wait, wait, wait. He said another date, and he said another date, and they just kept falling apart, and they called it the Great Disappointment. And then the Jehovah Witness, heard of them? Charles Taze Russell, in a Bible study, he figured out the code. He was in a Bible study, figured out the code, he, he knew it, and he set some dates and, uh, and, and gathered and, and got all these people together around him, and, and Jesus didn't come back. And some of these people sold everything because they were so confident and so sure that, hey, this is it, this is it. And they're there waiting, and nothing happened. And he ended up doing this three times. And nothing happened. And then, and then to save face and to, and to 
to salvage the situation. No, 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 no. Jesus actually did come back. Just nobody saw him. Here's the results. They were all wrong. And a lot of people who were, uh, you know, I, I don't know, they were quote-unquote trying to find Jesus, but they were tied into this, kind of threw in the towel and the whole religious thing in Christianity. A lot of people ended up in poverty. Um, Christianity kind of became a, a laughing stock in a lot of communities. And, and people continue, and we all know this, to be a part of these groups today. Like they're still out there. And they all have this root in these things. And then the 1900s came. Now we're going to get into our world a little bit. And we had all these shifting scenarios. And every, every one, just like it was the next thing. Oh, this is it. Hitler. Oh! Antichrist. He's killing Jews, right? It fits the, the story. And Mussolini was tied in with him, the false prophet. And he was tied into Rome. And so there was all this stuff going on. And it looked like it was it. Was it. And, and they were killing Jews and and so all this was going on, and, and then Israel returns to Israel. Then the Cold War, the USSR, man. It's scary stuff, right? Nuclear talks and, and all this stuff, and, and a bunch of people wrote books about how they're, the, they're in Revelation, right? They're in there, and then they fail. And then Saddam Hussein shows up, and he's the new one in the Iraq War, and then Y2K, y'all remember that? <laughs> I was sitting in a, I was sitting in a restaurant. Uh, this restaurant stayed open late that night, I think, till like one o'clock in the morning. So I was eating seafood, and I thought, well, <laughs> this is it. What a way to go, you know? <laughs> I was out on a pier on this in the re- this restaurant in Florida, and uh, but I don't know where you were for that. Maybe you stockpiled some stuff. Maybe you bought some cases of water just in case, you know? And and this everything's gonna come to an end, or just gonna go away, and then Osama bin Laden, and now we're really hitting our wheelhouse. And he shows up and does some just terrible, catastrophic thing. And a whole new round of books were written about the end times. It hasn't happened. And I just want you to pause for a second, and I want you to just think through all the things I just shared. I'm not telling you that Satan hasn't woven evil. Obviously, he has. I'm not telling you Satan's not trying to, to create um, deception. That's what he does. But I want you to think about all the hours and lives and globe and church that have been impacted by people trying to nail this and figure it out when our God says, no one knows. Nobody. You are not going to receive some revelation about the date and time. I'm sorry, it's just not happening. I believe I can say that with absolute confidence. It's, it's, it's not going to happen. The, the Bible is clear. It's going to boom. It's going to be on us. That's why it says be ready, right? That's why it says be ready. 2 Peter 3. I'm going to read most of this chapter, actually. 2 Peter 3, if you want to flip over there. Um, you know, I think about Peter's life, right? You just think about who he was. He gets called to follow Jesus. Like, we're all in this maturing process, right? You think about Peter, and he was, he was pretty intense and just go get him, right? And he just jumped in all the time. And, like, when Jesus first called him, I don't think he would have been capable of writing these words. But as he grew and understand who Jesus was, he became capable, right? 
And he has the same gift that we all have, the Holy Spirit. And he talks about that. We talked about that last week, right? We've been given everything. We've been given everything for a purpose. And that's what I want you to hone in on through all this. What is our real purpose? This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I am stirring up your sincere mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions, right? So he's locking back in. And we're going to talk about the Old Testament and New Testament through this whole thing of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior, Savior through the, your apostles. Knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing. Follow their own sinful desires. They will say, where's the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlook this fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. And that means of these that the word, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. Mm. But the same word, the heavens and earth that now exist, but by the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness. Why? But is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. <laughs> the reason God hasn't returned is because he's patient. Because he wants everyone to hear the gospel and have, have that choice. To, to know it and to hear the good news, that's our job. That's our job. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So God is being patient and has not come back yet. And so uh, we want everyone to hear. Let's keep going. Verse 10. But here it goes. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the, last night, Caden was going to bed. He's like, Dad, there's something walking outside my window. I said, well, go get the flashlight and walk out there and see what it is. And he started to go. I think he was scared to death, but I, like, I think he was trying to be brave. And I was like, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll go out there. And so I was brave, but I grabbed the 45, you know. It's a lot braver then. And uh, because we have like an almost six-foot-high fence in the backyard, uh, not that we built, but the people before us had large dogs, I believe, and, and we have this itty-bitty 15-pound dog that it's like the wall of Jericho for for Zoe, you know, and so usually nothing's inside the fence, not that animals can't get inside our fence, but usually they don't, and, and uh, so Zoe is sitting right there when Caden tells me this, and I'm like, mm, something's out there, and we also have a doggy door, so, uh, you know, on occasion, animals have come through that, and so I thought, well, I'll go out there and check, just in case it's something crazy, and, and so I, I, I go out there, and I, you know, I walk around the whole yard, and I, and I come back in, and I was like, you know, what if it was someone, and they're like hidden under my house because they could have got access if they got in the fence. So I had to go back out there. It was cold last night, by the way. And uh, I don't even tell you what I was wearing, but it was cold. And uh, I'll go out there and so I open the crawl spaces and I walk under the house. And I go, so I'm, I'm, this is such a squirrel moment, but uh, I walk under the back end of our house and you can literally walk in. There's doors uh, into the crawl space. And right as I do, our bathroom is above us and Shay flushes the toilet and I about had a heart attack. 
because I thought somebody was jumping out. I was like, I was like, oh my goodness. And I was like, oh. And I tell you all that, and it's so silly, but it's like, hey, are we ready? A thief isn't going to announce anything, man. Right? Like a thief in the night. And then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in, li- in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, verse 14, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and out peace. So we are studying this to remain faithful, to remain faithful and to be at peace that we know our God has all of this already figured out. All of it. You don't have to figure it out. Hear me, church. He's got it. And you can trust him. And Peter said, we read that last week, he's already given us everything we need, right? He's given it to us already. We have the Holy Spirit's help. We have the word of God. We have what we need and we have the church body. And we're a bunch of imperfect people. and Nobody gets it right. And we talk about that all the time. But together, God does something really beautiful. We're the church. So, we're going to jump in for just a second to the book of Revelation, since that's what we're talking about. We should probably read a little bit of it. And uh, just read the first three verses, okay? And this is the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave to Jesus. And so, uh, in verse 1, it says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John. So we got Jesus. He's been given this revelation. John is on the island of Patmos. He's, he's given this vision. And so, and he's like, hey, write down, write down these words. Write down what, what I'm going to show you and tell you. So John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, even to all that he saw, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. And we talked about how that means quickly. When it happens, it's going to happen quickly. And again, that, that's backed up in other places in Scripture. Thief, of, thief in the night, the lightning flash. I mean, it's going to boom. When it goes down, it's going to go down. So, so we're going to end with just kind of so what. I want you to remember a few things as we dig into this, okay? One, Jesus is coming back. You can bank on it. Jesus is coming back. For sure, 100 percent. All right? And, and, and I, think, I think it's by design that, you know, again, as we were looking kind of through history, and I know there's so much detail, and some of you guys were like, ah, you know, Jeff's probably butchering this, and I'm sorry for that. But uh, my whole goal was to just let you see, like, things are tied into this, these movements where people get really caught up, and this is the moment. This is it. And I just want to caution you deeply about that. But every generation, I think, has this kind of sense, and I'm thankful for it, 
because I hope it, it helps you to remain faithful and steadfast. That there is an urgency to this. But I hope the urgency that gets pushed into your heart and your soul and your mind and your heart is that there are lost people out there. And we got a job to do. We got a job to do. Are we doing it? You know? Are, and are we loving each other? Because part of that job, you know, we talk about that a lot. How we interact and love each other is supposed to be the example to the, to the world of Jesus. And, and, and again, you know, the Bible talks about it's easy to love those who love you back, right? Oh, that's nice. But it's the difficult ones. Like, how are we loving those? And it's always kind of a gut check moment to like, hey, am I really uh, walking this out in the spirit and loving those uh, who are difficult and, and my brothers and sisters in Christ? And this could really happen like the, the, the video, right? It could, boom! The video was a little bit of a just ha-ha kind of moment. But like, it could, right? And so be ready. That's, that's it. We want to be ready. We want to walk this out day in and day out. We want to be ready because it literally could happen right now. Okay, I didn't. But it could. Just like that. Right? When we're unexpected. But we're not supposed to be. We're supposed to be ready. Second thing, please pray for wisdom. Um, just be careful about falling off the cliff, but pray for wisdom and for God just to like walk you through this and, and show you things as you're reading um, and to not be afraid. And don't get mad at me because I leave something out or say something or, um, you know, if we need to have a conversation, let's have it. Uh, but like, hey, this is, this is big stuff, you know. Um, but also don't be a fool. And I don't use that word very often. Don't fall for Satan's tricks and traps and, and those kinds of things. And, and, uh, because we need Christians who think that's, that's part of the great commandment, right? With our mind. Part of loving God is with our mind. We need to think through these things. All right? That's a good thing. Not just follow different thoughts or not even just follow me. I'm sitting up here preaching. And you're like, you go out and share. Oh, Jeff said it. I want you in the Word of God. And that takes me to the last thing. Commit to dive deep into this. I mean it, church. Um, I know everybody didn't read the whole Bible last year. I know that. Uh, I don't know how many who did. We didn't take, take that poll. But you can read Revelation. All right? You can do it. And, and read it with someone. Read it with your family. Read it with a friend. I want you to dig deep. And I'm asking for prayer personally for me because this is intense. And I, like everybody, I don't know everything. I'm learning too, Right? And, and so I just want to present the information uh, the right way. So please pray for me as you pray for yourself and others. But I, I'm, I do have a challenge. Sometime, and sooner is better than later, I would challenge you to sit down and absorb the whole book in one sitting. Okay? I know you're like, oh, I know. I'm a slow reader. That's not an easy task for me either. Okay? And then, I, and you guys know just from preaching, like little squirrels run by all the time. And I'm like, oh, you know, and I, so it takes me a long time. Um, so, but I'm challenging you. I'm going to do it to sit down and read the whole book in one moment. Okay. Find some time to do it and then reread it as we go along. Okay. So you get that big kind of 30,000 foot view that we talk about. And then we're going to lock in and hone in on, on scriptures as we go through. But we want to make sure we're filtering everything through the right context of what we're doing and what it's for. And so that's where I want to leave it this morning.
church, we're digging into this book, and I know, again, Eric, like if you studied the Bible, you're going to have a lane that you run in, an opinion, and a thought, and, and that's okay, and we all have them. Um, but I'm asking you to, to study with me, to learn with me, to allow God to, to intervene in that process, so we need to make sure we're praying about it. And, and I do, I want to challenge you to get in the Word of God and, and challenge yourself. If you've never just digest a whole book at once, it's good. It's good to sit down and read the Word of God. Read it out loud. It's awesome, you know. Uh, but I want to challenge everyone to do that because at the end, at the end of all this, it is about Jesus. It's about Jesus, and he's coming back for his people, man. And I want everybody there that can be there, everybody there that can be there. And one of the awesome things about the Word of God is it transforms us and changes us because we learn and we grow. And I hope it just challenges you and encourages you to be all the more active in your faith. And I hope that through this, someone's life is changed forever because you got bold with the gospel and you went out and made a difference in their life. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for these words. Thank you for this vision that you gave to John, God. And Lord, I, I'm praying right now, Lord, for everyone in this room. Please help us to, to keep it where it's supposed to be what you intended it for, God, your purpose and your glory, Lord, because that's why we are here, to bring you glory, God. And I just pray that we surrender to that, God. I pray uh, that, that we uh, meditate on your word, God. I, I pray that we are a, a people of prayer through this, God, uh, that we're praying for each other, um, praying for ourselves, Lord. I pray that we spend some time with it. God, you know, you tell us in your word that the Holy Spirit's going to teach us, and we have the Holy Spirit. So, God, I pray that we, we just invest there, Lord, and just allow it to impact our day in and day out. And, Lord, I pray that we remain ready and steadfast and faithful. And there's a peace inside of us from the Spirit that just is unexplainable as the world unravels because we know and trust that you have everything under control. So, God, we want everyone to hear the gospel, but we also have a heart for your return and we long for that day, ready for the new heavens and the new earth. Very, very ready. Ready to be with you face-to-face, -face, in person. Oh, my goodness, that's amazing. Help us to be the bride of Christ, God, as we dig through this together. Lord, if there's anybody out there that, that just doesn't know Jesus yet, Lord, and they need to take that step, God, I pray for that. I pray for that prompting because that's where it all begins in him. Thank you for this morning, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. The word became flesh. Thank you for his sacrifice that he uh, went to the cross for us. And all our hope that's found in him. God, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.